Corn and trash filled the RV, and Walt wants to make it clear that he's in charge of the chemistry. That's his realm. As far as the customers go, that's Jesse's domain. Walt doesn't want to hear about him, see him, or have any interaction with them whatsoever. Walter is a silent partner in this business. And as they're talking, we see a person walking with a bag through what seems like white hamster dam. Glass all over the ground, alarms going off, the whole nine yards. Walter says, no matter what, no more bloodshed. And Jesse says, whatever, man. No violence, Walt says. Then we see that there's blood on the bag, and Walt, bald and bold, is walking away from a two-story building. His nose is bloodied, and there are sparks coming off the wiring on the building. Welcome to Blood, Meth, and Tears. That's Brandon, that's Scar, and that's Joe. I'm Derek. Joe, how are you doing today? Good. I, I gotta compliment your your notes you take on these. Like, like just there, you had it all the cuts basically like noted. You know, I was listening to other episodes, and you got like, you know, it's not just the scenes itself; it's like the beats within the scene of who says what, where, and stuff like that. Like that must take a, a lot of work. Thank you. These two fuckers never notice. Hotscar. I take notes every week. I'm not impressed. See, these niggas is on some uh, Shania Twain shit. That don't impress me much. See, you dropped third episode last night, and then I noticed that discussion came up. So yeah, because you know the tuggy, yeah. Shania Twain's tuggy. Yeah, <laughs> tuggy. I mean. I mean, she's already been mentioned twice. Apparently, he has a thing for her. Oh, man. I just like the word tuggy. Like, who the fuck says tuggy? Well, that's a good family-friendly word. I feel like Hank and Marie are kind of made for each other because saying tuggy. (sighs) Well, anyway, Walt's getting his chemo, and Skylar is literally right by his side. Like, it's, it's heartwarming, in my opinion. He says that she doesn't have to be there, but she says she likes being there with him. Sometimes when I'm playing video games, Nisha watches and she just puts her head on my shoulder. And I know that sometimes she doesn't want to actually watch me play a video game, but she just likes to be there. And I just like to be in her company. I like to be in her aura, you know? And I feel like this is one of those moments. Hmm? Sounds like you're being selfish. In In which aspect? You could put your head on her shoulder while she watches whatever fuck she want to watch. Usually I, I do. always got to be doing video games. Huh? Well, usually I do. And there's two reasons. One, because I start playing video games like 11 o'clock at night after we watch all the TV shows and whatnot. So she's usually about to fall asleep. And just fucking with you. two, when I put my head on her shoulder because she's so much fucking shorter than me, I get that crick in my neck. <laughs> And I'm too old to be having cricks right now. They don't come out for a couple days nowadays. Used to be just snap, snap. Now it's like... I was always around sports. So I always thought I was short. 
until like uh, and then the more I'm in the world now, I realize like I'm not that tall. I'm like I'm six two, or basically six two. Mm-hmm. But I'd always in sports, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not tall. And then like this weekend, I went to see my family, and I'm just like, I felt like a giant standing around every one of my mom's side because they're all like five six. And we took a picture of all of our cousins, and it was my two cousins are like six four. And so they're six four. I'm like six two, six one and a half, six two. And everyone else is below five seven. Yep. Just, we're just standing there. I feel like giants. That's pretty much most of my family. I got a, I got a few cousins that are that are all really tall. Um, and then but the rest of them's short, and I'm only six feet tall. I I am just like Brandon, six two, you know, and I have parents on the AAU teams who are like five foot four. (laughs) And it's just such a weird juxtaposition between standing next to my, uh, one of my kids who's six foot six and I'm six foot two and she's five foot four. And (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, I feel you. I feel you. It's like, wow. Cause when you're in sports, you're just like, okay, I'm not that tall. Also when you're in sports and you, you run track, if you're not the fastest person on the track team, you're like, I'm not that fast. But if you ran against somebody on the block. Yes, exactly. So there's differences that we don't see because we're insulated in this world that we're in. Joe, do you have any experiences like that? I'm about like five, ten. Um, I've never been like significantly like I used to be a lot taller for a kid. Mm-hmm. But then I got into coffee and cigarettes and other stuff, so that probably stopped. Um, yeah, heaters. That's the best nickname for cigarettes, heaters. It's better than the one that they use in Britain. Well, no, that's not bad in Britain. That is true. We ruined it. So, uh. Skyler, it's likes being there, and he says that if she wants to go, it's okay, and it would actually make him feel better if she got the fuck out and was home when Walter Jr. got home from school. And so she says okay, and also says to check in with Elliot about the check that he was supposed to send because she hasn't seen it yet, and you ain't gonna. <laughs> Walt says that he already got the check and deposited it into his credit union account, so don't worry about it. And then he writes a check to the facility for $1,900 and asks him not to deposit it until Monday. I remember floating checks. They never listened. My mom used to post, post date checks. It never worked. We were bouncing checks like my, like, what was the song, Scar? Oh, bounce like my checks did back in the day. Yeah. I, I actually played Saints Row a few weeks ago. Bounce like my checks did back in the day before I was hot, before I got paid. Before I got this paper, before I got paid. Yeah, that. I haven't played it recently. I liked Aisha. Walt's back at school working, talking chemistry and really talking about himself. And this is interesting. Now that Scar's mentioned it, I can't not hear him talking in chemistry class without hearing him. And he's talking about matter and energy. And when a reaction is gradual, the change in energy is slight. But if a reaction happens quickly, otherwise harmless substances react in a way that can cause enormous changes in energy. Him getting diagnosed with cancer and then talking to Gretchen about it, I think that was the accelerant. 
But also, he literally, literally talks about the compound that he uses later in the episode. <laughs> That's what he's talking about. He, he's talking about the exact thing that he's going to use later. Mm-hmm. He says, because one of the kids who wasn't really listening says, um, explosions? And he's like, yeah, explosions. For example, mercury <laughs> mixed with fulminated. But um, then he goes in the bathroom and vomits up a lung and, and the janitor comes in there and says, man, I'll clean that up. He's a really nice guy. Hugo. What was his name? Um, Hugo. Hugo, yeah. The family's in a support group and Skylar thinks that, you know, it's, it's her time to shine. So she tells uh, the lead that she noticed that Walt's losing weight. And then she thinks it's a family counseling session and turns to Walt and says, I feel like when you don't let me in, it feels like you don't even want me around sometimes and that you come home so so late some afternoons. And Walter Jr. is like, yeah, what's up with that? And Walt says, you know, I, I just like to be alone at times. It ain't about y'all, but sometimes it's better than I have to talk about anything. And y'all niggas some talkers. Shut up. Just shut up. Shut up. And I love Albuquerque strip clubs. That's what he said in the deleted scene. The support lead asks what he does when he's alone. So that then his family will be better about him being alone, which is honestly none of his business. Walt tells him he likes to go on walks and enjoy the vegetation, but, you know, he's really cooking meth, and he says it's very therapeutic. He almost collapses while he's doing a cook, and Jesse asks if he's all right, and, Je- and Walter's like, I'm burning up. So he starts taking off his clothes, opens up his shirt, and Jesse sees the burn on his chest and immediately knew it was cancer. And Walt's looking at him like he's growing horns, like, how the fuck you know that? But Jesse's like, my aunt had it. Jesse asks him what stage he's in, and Walter says 3A. And Jesse's like, oh, it's gone into your lymph nodes. And Walter looks shocked again. That shit was hilarious to me. Yeah, Jesse's- like, like do he, he just thinks Jesse is just a dumbass? Yes, he because he was a dumbass in chemistry. He just thinks he just thinks that Jesse is always going to be his dumbass student. Yes, that's I mean, exactly he- what it is. You were stupid in chemistry. You're going to be stupid in everything, even though he's clearly not going to be stupid in everything. Are we pretending like Jesse hasn't uh, positioned himself as a dumbass who couldn't even follow the directions to buy a plastic bin? He would have if Walt had swallowed his pride and told him why again. Again. He already again. told him. Again. How many times? It, there are plenty of things you had to be told twice. If my mom said, go to the grocery store and I want you to buy a Tropicana orange juice. Yep, and yep. I go to the grocery store and I go, what orange juice do you want me to buy again? Tropicana. And then I come back home and I got simply orange juice. Not, I'm an idiot. Not, my no, not the same thing. No, no. Basically, what happened was, and it's not Walt's fault. Walt sent him to the store to store to buy orange juice. He told him what kind of orange juice to buy. He was just like, "Well, they had they they had some orange juice, but it wasn't enough orange juice." And he says, "Well, you didn't think to buy two of them." That's what really happened. He said it wasn't enough to fit a body. He was like, "Okay, well, you should have bought two. That's the reason why he didn't buy it because he didn't think it would be big enough to fit a body into. I thought he didn't buy it because he was like, I have a fucking tub. 
No, he didn't buy it. He specifically said, I didn't buy it because it wasn't big enough. Yeah, I and, know. And, he's, and he said, you didn't think to buy two? Like, yeah. Yeah, I know. So he's dumb. He's, he's dumb in some things, but so is Walt. <laughs> Let's be real. Like, they're both stupid in certain things. Walt's 10 generations deep in gangster them. Whatever. He ain't no Find fucking uh he, he he ain't no fucking wacky D. No, he's he's MC Gus he's Gusto. Nah, Gusto ain't no wacky D either. Wacky D Did I mention that I can dance? I've been listening to old episodes of Hindsight literally all day long. Like Boys in the Hood and New Jack City old episodes. We did those motherfuckers three years ago, fam. I know. We need to start back up. So. uh, I miss it. Me too. Jesse figures out that, you know, this explains why Walter's cooking now to raise money for his family. And he wants to know if Walter's going to finish cooking the batch that he's doing right now. And he's like, no, you have to do it because you got mad skills. (laughs) Jesse's like, fuck you, but put an ice pack on your head after chemo because his aunt said it helped with the hair loss. Then he gets to cooking. Gomez and Hank read the report from Quantico about the gas mask and they find out that there was writing on the inside of it. Used to be writing on the inside of it. This says that it was the pro- it was the property of uh, Walt's high school. Shit's about to hit the fan. Jesse goes to a hotel and sells meth door to door while also getting his high on. He's basically a traveling salesman and he's serving all customers, all the clucks. The next day, Jesse brings Walter a prepaid cell phone at $2,600. Well, actually $2,550, of which Walter's share is $1,250. Walter asks Jesse how much he sold and Jesse says, I sold an ounce. And Walter says the last time he checked, last time that I checked. That's a lot of money for a fucking ounce, bruh. I don't know how much meth costs because I don't do drugs, but an ounce got you that much? Shit. I feel like you're thinking about an ounce of weed. No, but just like I, I, like, I, like I say, I don't know how much drugs cost. I don't Yeah, because I would think just looking at that meth, that it's pretty fucking light. And you probably break it down to something past those little uh, chips that they had. And just a few of them from what I saw in Jesse's bowl was enough to get them lit. So that ounce probably went a long way. And then they're probably selling those. I know. I know crack numbers. <laughs> so for meth, I think that they were probably selling for like 20. Unless it was that white guy who came down who looked like he was actually a fully functioning person and the woman in the uh, in the laundromat. I think that for addicts, they probably change the price up depending on what you look like, which will be smart business. So they have casual meth smokers, just like they have casual crack smokers. Yeah. Well, you'd be surprised sometimes. Like, I'm trying to figure out how much I should say on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> if you have if you had to stop yourself you probably should stop yourself. you should probably stop right there unless you want me to fucking shield your voice but they already know who's on the show yeah. well no no it's it's nothing like 
like I've met a few people with that past who you'd be surprised like yeah business seniors even like and we're talking about like you know just a few years out of it you tiptoed through that pretty fucking well I'm kind of proud of you (laughs) (laughs) no incriminating statements were made I, I could tell you that right now so Walter's like, why don't you just sell the pound all at once? And Jesse's like, it isn't that easy. And you don't know shit about slang and dope. Walter says he knows the lack of motivation when he sees it and that Jesse needs to be more imaginative because Walter being a teacher again, That's pretty much because Walter had made up a whole nother, another pound for this nigga. And he expected him to pick it up that day. Nope. <laughs> Walter's like, um, you have no motivation. And Jesse said, you know, maybe not, but I used to have a distributor until you killed him. And Walter asked him who took Crazy's place. And Jesse's like, it's some guy named Tuco. And Walter says, go and talk to him. And Jesse's like, he's an OG. I, I can't just go talk to him. He's not going to talk to some guy he doesn't fucking know. You can't just bum rush some upper level ice man and start cutting deals because you need an intro. You need somebody to vouch for you. Is that what a meth deal is called? An ice man? I guess so. Cause I didn't know it was called. What do you call it? Squanch. Um, I like the term ice man. Uh, Scarmo. What, what did he used to call it? It's the best. Fuck, what, did he, what did he call it? I shit. I can't think of the name. I can't think of what he. I'm going to go back and look. That's what I'm going to do. But I'm not going to do it right now. Because it's going to it's gonna pop into my head. Um, you need somebody to vouch for you. And Jesse says that it's too, too risky. And that Walter should be just satisfied with the money. And before he can finish, Walter goes full on bad guy. And tells Jesse, just grow some fucking balls. Do it. And gets into the RV. Grow some fucking balls, man. I I I wish somebody would tell me to grow some fucking balls because I, I I grow the balls and hit them in the face with it. Walter writes another check and then I'm with Walt on this one, by the way. Jesse's supposed to be the street hustler, the guy who under who has all the connections is going to make him the money. Look, just because I'm a chef doesn't mean I can make everything in the world happen. Yeah, but and and like he and he knew that 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 Jesse was a low level meth dealer. He wasn't a kingpin. He wasn't. Mm -hmm. Walt don't know the difference. Obviously. (laughs) Plus, like it, it gets brought up a lot. Like Walt came to Jesse. Jesse didn't come to Walt. Yeah. Jesse's doing Walt's bidding. Walt's like 26 he's, he's, doing as, he's doing it as best he can. That's all we got? 26,000? Nah, 2,600, Mike. <laughs> and you're only getting 1250 of it because I bought you this, uh, this fucking prepaid phone. Do they even make prepaid phones anymore? Yes. Yes. Oh. Okay, I didn't, I didn't think that anybody else knew 
Like, Rashani, was Low Cash on CB4 supposed to be Sacramento? I feel like that was supposed to be Sacramento. No, because they came to Sacramento. Oh, they did? Oh. Yeah, they came to Sacramento for a concert. Just a random. Scante. That's what the fuck he called it. That's Scante. So he tells him to grow some balls and go out there and sell that fucking Scante. Then he gets into the RV. Uh, he's back at school on Monday in the bathroom puking. And Hugo, the janitor, <laughs> gives him some gum. Okay, Hugo seems wait, like a nice guy. About this scene. The scene of him actually in the stall is a scene from a is a scene from uh, another one of the earlier episodes. Right after he got uh, got told that he got cancer, technically he went in that bathroom to masturbate, and that's the reason why he puts his hand up and he's looking upwards after he threw up because he's really masturbating. It's a they just took that scene. And they and they changed they added sound effects to the scene, but he's really actually masturbating in that stall. So another thing that is very impossible for me to do, like literally, I can't even fathom trying to pull it off. Masturbation in a public place, in a public bathroom. Yeah, true. It's just fucking hard to do. Just weird. You could do it. No, I don't think I could. Also, a thing that I can't do, spit on my hand and apply pressure. I, I can't do it. Just not a thing. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I, I don't think I can spit on my hands just in general. Like, why would I do that? Right. I also can't spit on my hand and shake hands with you. Get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, if you ever you did never that did that playing basketball, Rashad? Never. No, go you, fuck yourself. You better you take that unwashed off. fucking hand and go wash it. People spin their hands all the time to play basketball to get a better grip on the ball. Where they do that at, Claude? Everywhere <laughs> we play outside. When we when we get to uh, first the- of all, I'm not spitting on my hand outside because the basketball gets all dirty when you play outside anyway. You get black hand. That's the hey, point. Hey Rashani, can you um make sure that you have the explosion scene cued, please? Yes. Yes, I can. Mm-hmm. Because there's something special about this scene. Okay. So Hank comes up to the school and asks Walt about the gas mask. And he tells them that it was used to cook meth and they found it on some Indian land near an abandoned car near one of their snitches' cars. And Walter's like a snitch? You got snitches? Anyhow, they're sure that the snitch got chopped up and fed to the buzzards. And he asked Walt if any respirators have been noted as missing lately. And Walt's like, not that I know of. Walter and him go to take a look in the science storeroom. Walter gives him a list of people who have access to it. And Hank wants to know if there's any more respirators as well as flasks and beakers because it's clearly there's some that are missing. Like he gives him a list and this list isn't adding up. And he's like, maybe one of your students did it because you can't trust your students, Walt. You can't just trust everybody for no reason. Walt's phone starts ringing and Hank says to answer it because, you know, it might be Skylar with an emergency. And of course, it's Jesse. And Jesse has an in with Tuco. It's his homeboy, Skinny Pete. 
Walt thanks Jesse for calling, and Hank tells Walter that he needs to keep a better watch over his turf because he doesn't want people to start wondering about him and what he's doing. Then he laughs. Hardy fucking har har. Again, this dude, he is so fucking oblivious. He is not he's a he's a cop, but he's not a great cop. He's not at all. Like not even close to a great cop. He I don't think he's a bad cop. Bruh, all of this stuff was used to make meth. It was all missing from the closet that Walt has access to. So does Walt a bunch of says, other people do. Walt, say, Walt says he doesn't notice anything. He's the fucking head of the science department. He should do at least a semi-regular inventory. Is he the head or is he just a faculty member? I was this old when I found out there was a head of a fa- uh, head of the science department in high I school. I could have swore he said me and the other science teachers have access to this, plus like two other people, some janitor people, and the vice principal. But still, and, and, but but like he, he is the one that has the direct access to it, and you were supposed to do did. an inventory. You're supposed to do an inventory, and like yo, you took all of this stuff and you didn't correct your own fucking inventory, dude. You are acting, you're ignoring the part that he knows Walt. So his cognitive dissonance is going to be like, this dude, he couldn't believe Walt smoked a joint, but he's supposed to believe that Walt's cooking meth? No, he's not supposed to believe Walt's cooking meth, but I mean, honestly. He's supposed to start being curious. You're a cop, dog. I can see. Everybody's a suspect. as As a cop, if I'm a cop, and at a meth cook, we find a respirator with the name of the school that my brother-in-law works at. My brother-in-law, who just asked me a couple of weeks back to go with me to visit a meth cook lab. My brother-in-law, who asked me just a couple of days before that, who asked me how much do you get off of a seizure of a meth cook lab. No, 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 no. Not a, not only did he want to go on the ride along, but he wanted to go see the lab. All these things, coupled with the fact that the dude is the head of the science department, if so, and is the person who has access to the storeroom more than anyone else, would lead me to question Walt. But then you have to compare that to he's Walt. Yeah, but that's because Hank is a machismo-filled motherfucker, a good detective who isn't working off of prior beliefs of Walt would have taken him down. Everybody's a suspect. Or at least gotten fingerprints. Can we get fingerprints? So all people have soft spots. No D no DNA from the inside of the mask. So if he's Hank and he's supposed to everyone's supposed to be suspect at some point. Because this occurred to me is is like wouldn't he think Walt sold all that equipment like wouldn't this thought cross his mind that Walt just sold the equipment to a method? At the very least, right? Yeah, because if he's if he's still like Walt, who Hank has minimal respect for, Mm -hmm. doesn't think much of like that. That anyone could do, like just hey, here, take all this stuff. We never use it. (sighs) Hank is not a good police officer. Yeah, first of all, he's excessively racist. I'm not going to argue that either. In the poker game, the poker game that happens in this episode where Walt 
surprises him by his ability to lie. <laughs> he surprises Hank by his ability to lie to Hank's face. Hank never saw that coming and never thought about any of this shit ever again. Uh, any of it. Tuco's men don't give Skinny Pete access, and he says to the camera, Yo, man, I'm Skinny Pete. <laughs> so they give him access. I like Skinny Pete. Skinny Pete's a Mandalorian. <sighs> so this is something else that doesn't check out. Like, I don't pick holes in this show too much. Like, there, there's not much to pick. But the idea of Tuco taking over the crazy age. Mm-hmm. Doesn't quite check. It doesn't. Um, check. It, knowing it, knowing a bit more than you know, Scar. Yeah, but but like it kind of makes sense because, I mean, we find we find out from from Tuco's name, we find out his connections go much higher. Yeah, but in his name, in his name, meaning that his connections go much higher. I don't. At any point in this show, picture Tuco to be a vulture. I picture Tuco to be a fucking predator. And yeah. I picture Tuco would have went straight for Crazy A because he knew Crazy A was a punk ass bitch. Yeah, what I and think, also, and what also, I think is, uh, yeah, if anything, I think Jesse and later on other characters had the story wrong. Like maybe Crazy A was working for Tuco. Yes. And then. Tuco had to do more frontline work after he disappeared. Like, like the theory seems to be like, oh, as soon as Crazy Eight's out of the way, now Tuco can show up, which but we, it just but doesn't we, check out. And that would also, explain why Tuco never ran up on Emilio and Jesse before, because he runs up on them now. Like, I don't want nobody else sell shit but me. But also, it's we when we find out that 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 crazy eight was a rat and the, how you know, when he explains that crazy eight basically sold out the lower level people and he took over their territory, like he's not going to be able to take over for Tuco. So maybe that does lead into like him doing some work for Tuco so that he can stay relevant. Stay un- yeah. Stay relevant and stay under that. And so, if I know he is snitch, like if yeah. you're if you're a snitch, if you're a snitch, um, you want to stay as far away from Tuco as possible. Very much so. Yeah, there there are a few things like I've seen that I shouldn't say. Like I'm talking spoiler <laughs> spoilery right. wise this time, but like right. yeah, I mean, it we, just we, doesn't we've, check out. We've all seen ahead except Brandon. No, so, so yeah, don't do it because Brandon hasn't seen ahead. Um, I mean, a bit ahead, like past the show. Skinny Pete mean mugs the camera <laughs> and tells the guards that Tuco's expecting them, and they don't need to pat him down because he and Tuco go back. Skinny Pete struts into Tuco's lair, tries to dap Tuco up, gets left hanging, and that's when we start to realize the relationship ain't what Skinny Pete thought it was. He introduces Jesse to Tuco and calls him the guy with the glass. Did you have and, the same thought uh, when you saw Tuco the first time that I thought? Yeah, you ever get your shit pushed in? 
the not the, the I was like, yo, that's a nigga from the substitute. Yeah, that too. But he's a nigga from uh training day. Yeah. You ever get your shit busted? And then uh Ethan Hunt gets saved because he just happened to save their cousin earlier that day and shit. Right, right. Like that is such just a coincidence. He just happened to have her wallet right when you're about to rape him and kill him in the bathtub. So Jesse tells, or Tuco tells Jesse to break out the ice and tells Jesse to take a bump, which, yeah, sure. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> just, I ain't no cop, but sure. Okay. So, uh, also, semi charm type of life, you know, talks about bumping up all the time. Tuco takes a bump and says the meth kicks like a mule with its balls wrapped in duct tape. That's. That's a kid. That's that's oddly specific. But I mean, when you look at bullfighting, that's what they do to the bulls to get them so mad. They wrap their balls up in a really tight like rope or vice. And that's what they also do on rodeos to make them buck. They pull on the rope. Yeah. So. He asked Jesse where Jesse got it from. And Jesse's like, I cooked it. And Tuco says bullshit. And that's who he's working for. Jesse says, I don't work for anybody, but I have a partner. And Tuco says, they have a deal. And Jesse says, cool, but I haven't set a price yet. And Tuco's like, all right, cool. What's the price? Jesse says, 35000 for the pound. Tuco says, y'all are a little light on the pound, but it's all good because it's so great. And then it goes quiet for a second. And Jesse's like, where's my money, homie? And Tuco's like, it's a consignment operation. Tuco's like, do you trust me? And Jesse's like, it's just, that's not how I do business. And Tuco says, tough shit, the deal's done. And Jesse turns to Pete and complains to Pete that this isn't how I do business. You said everything will be cool. Money for meth, cash up front. And Pete says, it's cool. And Tuco slams a fucking knife through his desk and says, I don't need your punk ass to vouch for me. If the Kill Bill alarm isn't playing in your head at that point, my guy, nothing will make it play. Because as soon as a knife gets slammed through a desk, you know what? Go with God. Thank you for coming out. God bless you. Good night. He did. He tried to take his shit and run. He tried to take his shit. He, he didn't just leave it there and dip out. He tried to take his shit and got grabbed. And Tuco smiled at him and said, you know, because you brought me some really clean crystal, I'll give you the money up front. He puts $35,000 into a bag. He said they could win it. Jesse looks around like it's a trap and then reaches out for the bag and Tuco immediately beats the nigga bloody with it. And Tuco screams out to him, nobody moves crystal in the South Valley but me, bitch, which is how I think, which is why I believe Crazy was not in competition with Tuco because that competition would have lasted as long as Glass Joe lasts against you and Mike Tyson's punch out. Which is a minute and six seconds if you're good. That's a 37-year-old reference. Thank you. Hank goes back to the school and talks to Hugo, the janitor. Then they arrest him. And Hank tells Carmen, the the uh, vice principal, who he says has an ass like an onion. Like, dude, if you're looking at asses, then what you doing with Marie? He's a cop, so he's a hoe. 
He is a hoe. Even though he's married. He's, he's a, a hoe. <laughs> um, Walter, well, he tells Carmen they should have done a background check. And Walter calls Jesse to see where the hell he's been. And then he goes to play cards with the family. And he tells them that they set up a substitute for him for a few weeks at the school while he recovers. And Hank tells Walter Jr., who asks him, hey, Unc, why would y'all arrest Hugo? And he tells Walter Jr. that the reason they arrested Hugo is because he has a record, fits the profile, had a key to the room where the science equipment was, and he had a blunt in his trunk or in his truck. Scholar says that he's shocked that she's shocked that someone with Hugo's record slipped through the cracks. And Walter says, you know, Hugo never struck me as a thief. And Hank says Walter wouldn't spot a criminal if they were close enough to check him for a hernia. While they're sitting side by side, and Walter's close enough to check this nigga for a hernia. Bruh. Hank also got a search warrant, but Hugo didn't raid Walter's school. They're playing uh, Texas Hold'em, and everybody Skyler folds her was hand. all about throwing the book at Hugo. Very much so. She was very Republican about it. She probably thought he was a border jumper. It is How Arizona. can you get a job at this school? It's New Mexico. before. Oh yeah, I keep I keep saying Arizona. What's the, it's still on the border. Yeah, and it's still the same hatred. But yeah, now if he was a drug dealer, I think that's a reasonable thing to ask. Yeah, hey, I don't think a drug dealer should be working at a high school. Yeah, but it's, it's just they just said that he had a record. They but he just had a blunt is. in his fucking car. They don't even it's say just, what the record is. It's just like no, they did. They said possession. That he just had some weed before, basically. The record was earth, wind, and fire as far as bad crimes is concerned. Like, nigga, he ain't even do nothing. And Skyler was like, he shouldn't even have been working there in the first place. Yeah. So everybody folds their hand. And Walter asks what's going to happen to Hugo. Hank tells Nate he's definitely going to lose his job and probably spend a few months in county, even though they didn't find anything that led to the whole situation. Then he asks Walter... Hmm? They found a weed in his house. Yeah, but they didn't find anything that actually led to the thievery. So they went to his house on false pretenses and then arrested him based on what they found, based on those false pretenses. Yes. Did they even have a warrant for their, for, the, for this shit? Like, I don't know. Then he asked Walter if he's going to man up or pussy out about the uh, card game. So Walter goes all in. Hank calls Walter a horrible liar and stares at him for a second before he folds. But it turns out Walt had nothing, a seven and a two. And Hank had an ace and a king. And Walter bluffed him out. Walt gets in the shower and his hair starts falling out. He calls Jesse's number, but skinny Pete answers and tells him that Jesse's in the hospital. When Walter arrives, Pete asks him if he's the guy. And then tells him that Jesse has busted ribs and got beat up pretty good. As a matter of fact, he's knocked out off the drugs they gave him. Pete says to Walter that he never caught his name, and Walter doesn't even respond about it. He just tells him to tell him everything about Tuco. Walt goes to the bathroom, and he's literally pissing blood. He takes his medication, all of it. It's a whole cocktail, and shaves his hair. Was it pissing blood, or was it just orange? That's bloody piss, trust me. Okay. I don't know nothing about bloody piss. Yeah. I mean, but you've but you've had your dick broke before, so you probably had a situation. I've had my dick broke before. I've been punching the kidneys quite a few times. I've been stomped out. 
I've pissed blood like seven or eight times in my life. And you had a vasectomy. Did that cause anything? It did. It did as well. Man, they were like, if you could hold your urine in for two days, that'll be great. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) fuck fuck you mean? (laughs) What the fuck? The fuck you mean? And they were like, it's not going to burn coming out the tip. It's just going to burn going through the middle. (laughs) I was like, motherfucker. And then I pissed and I was like, motherfucker. It did hurt. It was weird. But it didn't hurt that bad because it wasn't really my dick. It was my balls. Like the vast deference that got chopped up. Um, He goes to breakfast and Walter Jr. says he looks badass with a shaved head. Skylar just looks shocked. First appearance of the shaved head. Mm-hmm. Walter then goes to Tuco's. And um, he goes to Tuco's with a bag of glass and tells the guy up front that he needs to talk to Tuco and he's not leaving until he does. He gets upstairs, gets searched, and goes inside. Tuco looks at the glass that Walter created and Walter walks into the room. He's looking at the old, the, the bag of glass from the day before. He asks Walter what his name is. And Walter says Heisenberg. The first mention. And then Reich. What, what, wait, what, Brandon? Heidenreich. Heisenberg. Heidenreich. Is that a person? Yeah, it was from wrestling in the early uh, 2000s. Oh. He wrestled the Undertaker. He had blonde hair. He looked like a fake kickboxer. Okay. This scene was the, I'm with, this is where I'm, where Joe was like calling out stuff that didn't fit. This scene didn't fit for me hmm. because Tuco made Jesse smoke the, take a hit of the uh, meth to prove that he wasn't a cop. But Walt's white ass walks in who would absolutely probably be a cop even more than Jesse. And he's just, he didn't even ask him that. No, because Walt walks in like a motherfucking boss. Right? Walt Walt didn't walk in cowering shit. Yes. That's how a cop would walk in, right? I mean, in my opinion, Walt didn't walk in looking like he was even going to give time to take a bump off anything. Walt walked in he was at the front door and he wasn't invited to see Tuco. He didn't have anybody vouching for him to see Tuco. He came in and said, I want to talk to Tuco. I want to talk to Samson. Because it's home of being black and gifted. He's he's a different level. Yeah. But Tuco tells him to have a seat and Walter's like, I won't be here that long. <laughs> Tuco asks him what he wants and Walter's like, I want $50,000. 35000 for the pound of meth that you stole and another fifteen for Jesse's pain and suffering. And Tuco says he remembers Jesse, that little bitch. And then he says that he stole their drugs, beat up Jesse, and then you bring me more dope? Let me get this straight. <laughs> I steal your dope. Hmm? I... Beat the piss out of your mule boy. And then you walk in here and you bring me more men? <laughs> Woo, that's a brilliant plan, isn't it? Brilliant. 
you got one part of that wrong. This is not meth. Did you hear it? They they stuck in the Howard Dean yell in that. <laughs> that's the I did. I caught Howard, that. That's the actual Howard Dean yell. They stuck it in the explosion scene. I did. I, I literally just caught that shit. <laughs> that also, that explosion scene looked like it should have been a lot worse than what it ended up being. Um. Uh, yes, it did. And, and somebody should have died that shit. True. I go. You gotta go. But um, what you calling um, but he only protected himself by wearing earplugs. Hmm. Oh, he, when he walked in, he was wearing earplugs. He was wearing earplugs that whole time. That's the only thing that he did to protect himself. But yeah, th- that that's why I told you to cue that up because of the Howard Dean screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also, um, uh, Tuco putting a cigarette out on his tongue was completely unscripted. He did that shit himself. I believe it. I mean, he looked like he was on another level in every other show that I've ever seen him at or seen him in as well. Yes. So I am not shocked or awed by that. I'm just... I would be scared of somebody who puts a heater out in their tongue. You're going to call it a heater now, huh? Yeah, it's a heater. I'd, I'd be scared. So, Walter, as you see, the building exploded. And Walter threatens to throw down the entire fucking bag next if they don't give him his cash. Tuco does so and says he wants another pound the next week. And Walter says, money up front, Tugo agrees. After, Walter's like, I got the power. And then Walter's like, and it's going to be two pounds, not one. That's enough money for his, uh, well, he got to split it. But that's almost enough money for all his treatment. I thought his treatment was like $90,000. It's about when he sells the two-pound bag. Uh, yeah, be, yeah, because it was fifty. Well, well yes, it, it was fifty for this. Even though he gave some of that to Jesse, then he sells another. The next one's seventy. He has enough money, right? Mm-hmm. He got a condo in his hand. He's cashing out. Nice you like that, Rashani? It's actually on his wrist, but wait, wait. It's kind of on my wrist. I know, but Walt had it in his hand. No, no, no. But the but the, the line. I know. But Walt <laughs> had it in his hand. True. So I edited the line. Fine. That's Rashani's song, Cash Out. That used to that used to be our song on the on the dream team when one of us got pissed off and stopped talking. It was mostly Scar. Never. It, it was mostly <laughs> Scar. 
Very much it's so. Mostly you when we started talking about how beautiful your mom was. Sure. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right. I see what we're doing here. So, anyway, Tuco says, I right, when he says it's going to be two pounds for the next go around. Walter. He then asked Walter what what the fuck was in that shit that he threw down. And he tells him mercury and some chemistry. No, he said mercury. Fulminated mercury. He said mercury fulminate. Yeah. And some chemistry. Yeah, it's a little something something I put up on the end. Drumline reference. And then he walks out like a boss. Goes to his car. Flips through the money. And fangirls the fuck out. Does a guttural growl. Like. And Heisenberg is born. Yep. This was the penultimate episode. Of this season. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. We know, it, was short. it was it was short because uh writer strike. Oh. Believe it or not, Brandon, this is actually like one of the slower seasons. Compared to what you'll see, yeah, really, mm-hmm. it's very fast paced. Do you no. not no. compared to what you'll see? No, mm-hmm. sir. No, this is very. This is all. This season is all set up. All of it. All set up. One hundred percent. Isn't John Carlo Esposito supposed to be in this show? Yes, sir. I'm excited for that. <laughs> my man, my man is my man is the best. I think this. I think his role here is one of his best roles ever. <sighs> I love this show. I do too. This is my favorite show you've done so far. Oh, huh? really? Huh? I mean, my mine is definitely the one that I chose. So I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mine is Orphan Mine's Black. is the one that Scar chose. Yeah, I, yeah, I love the hell out of Orphan Black too. Like that was that was a really, good one. but this one just yeah. Why does why, why, why the shows that I want to choose have black in the name? Am I saying something? Is, am I saying something about myself? Because you're a racist, Scar. You can't do Black Mirror because it's coming back next month. Yeah, but we still got a lot to get through. Yeah, but we yeah, agree we'll we can't do any shows. Yeah, we, we, got, we can't do any shows that were active. We got a lot to get through with with this here. Even with two episodes a week, there's a lot to get through. Yeah, because I'm not putting out two episodes a week. We're just recording two episodes a week. Right. I listened so. to one of your old episodes on the second day of the week this time. That'll work. Maybe after the summer, we'll go to two episodes a week, like putting them out. But I have like basketball tournaments and whatnot. And July is going to be really busy for me. So I'm kind of stockpiling them to make sure that I can make it through that month without us doing much recording, if any. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I kind of like it. Like, um, I'm almost like, well, I'm just at like the brutal seasons of Oz. Like I'm finishing up the four beat. And there's five and six. Uh, so Playmakers bad. is still on YouTube. I'll watch that. But then I'm after sorry. that, yeah, it's Orphan Black, Sky, Scar's favorite. 
Fuck yeah, man. And that's supposed to be coming back, but I don't know what's going to happen now because of the writer's strike. They got portions of it uh, shot. Yeah, but they had portions of heroes shot, too. Dame's going to be in it. We don't talk about heroes here, sir. Season one was greatness. I even season have one was HD. greatness. We don't talk I, about it like it was past that. I, I have season one on HD DVD. That's how t- that tells you how old this shit is. <laughs> I, I have season one of Heroes on HD DVD. Nine one six six three three one five three seven. Return to Oswald at gmail dot com. Uh, Scar's on Twitter at Scarfinger. Brent is on Twitter at that cool black nerd. And Joe's on Twitter at Smoking Joe underscore eighty seven. There's no G in smoking. I'm on there at Ratchet Book Club. You can leave a review for the show on Spotify. Uh, takes like thirteen seconds. You can also leave a review on Podchaser. Copy and paste that into the Good Pods app, and then copy and paste that into the Apple Podcast app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. Uh, we got a ton of bonus content on there for like a dollar a pop. Um, you can also uh, donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. Josh, did a singy bit. You can buy us a drink. And you can also <laughs> go on the Good Pods app and leave a tip in the tip jar. Mm. Was, was that as great for you as it was for me? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. Peace out. Bye. Simulcast. Don't know my name, but you slipped.